Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson, and joining me, as ever, from across the pond, he, this guy's not strange, but if he was a doctor, you know he'd be called Dr. Awesome. It's John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, sir? I am doing all right, Matt. Uh, is the multiverse treating you well today? Um, I, I think in this particular iteration of the multiverse hasn't been too bad. I'm pretty sure out there in the multiverse, it's probably a, a variant which is having a better day. But there's, but there's going to be an awful lot who are having worse days. What about you, my friend? Has this variant of John Burke been keeping well and keeping Florida safe? Oh, you know, doing our part uh, over here, living the, the good life, I guess you could say. It's uh, school year is winding down. And so we're you're starting to have to say goodbye to seniors and getting ready. And my daughter being one of those seniors. Um, so we have a sign in our yard right now that has her name on it and says, you know, uh, graduating class 2022. We took some cap and gown pictures with her yesterday to like make the graduate graduation announcements. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, doing pretty well. That's what we like to hear, my friend. And you, uh, you those keen eared listeners out there may have heard we dropped a hint about a multiverse, about a doctor, about people being strange, probably quite obvious what we're talking about tonight. Yes, we are talking about Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness in full non-spoiler territory we're going to be. So for the next 15, 20 minutes, whatever it may be, we're going to be discussing the film without going into specifics. It's going to be quite hard, I think, at certain times, but we're not going to spoil any major moments or anything which the trailers haven't already spoiled, which, to be fair, isn't an awful lot. Let me just say that right away. If you've seen the trailers... I apologise on behalf of Marvel and Kevin Feige. Um, however, the film itself is directed by Sam Raimi, of course, of the Evil Dead fame and the Spider-Man trilogy, the best Spider-Man trilogy. Sorry, John. Uh, and written by uh, Michael Waldron, who I believe also wrote Loki uh, as well, the series. Um, it stars, of course, Benedict Cumberbatch as our Doctor. He's English, I should know his name. Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Benedict Wong. Oh, I didn't even research how to say America Chavez's name. Any idea, uh, John? Yes. Um, Zoshitel? Zoshitel Gomez? I'm sorry, uh, Ms. Gomez. Yeah. And Rachel yeah, yeah. McAdams as well, as uh, alongside a host of other secondary and tertiary characters as well. And before we go into this, uh, I am going to do my best to try and pronounce the actress who plays America Chavez. I'm going to find out how to say her name. I'm also looking. JB, I can see JB's looking. In the meantime, no spoilers, but we do go into the synopsis. The synopsis for this film from IMDb. Dr. Stephen Strange casts a forbidden spell that opens the door to the multiverse, including alternate versions of himself whose threat to humanity is far too great for the combined forces of Strange, Wong, and Wanda Maximoff as well. Uh, her name is Sochil. Uh, Sochil. So so okay, the X is a sir. Okay, Sochil. So Sochil Gomez. What a great name. Um, so there's, there's a synopsis. Again, it all kind of feels a bit flimsy to me, but that's what it is. It's a Marvel film. We expect it to do pretty well critically. Whether you agree with them or not, critics seem to enjoy Marvel films. This one, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics, which to me is quite low for a Marvel film. 62 Metascore, 7.5 IMDb User Score, 
and a very decent three and a half out of five on Letterboxd. And if you want to see this film, you can only go and see it in theatres if it's safe for you to do so, of course. Not quite on Disney Plus just yet, but it will be. So um, this is the next this 28th MCU film following on from Spider-Man No Way Home, which, of course, kind of introduced the multiverse in the biggest way possible. It's been hinted at through other prop- uh, Marvel properties, but you know, No Way Home bought it front and centre, and this picks up straight after that. And it also acts as a successor to the WandaVision series as well. So if you haven't seen WandaVision, I suggest you go and watch WandaVision before watching this film if you haven't. Otherwise, you may have an awful lot of catching up to do. Um, but then again, I haven't seen Loki or What If, and I kind of felt comfortable with what I was watching. Um, mm-hmm. Right. I enjoyed Doctor Strange, the original one. The, I think it's Scott Derrickson directed that. I enjoyed that one. I thought it was pretty good. I think I had it in my top 10 MCU films because it felt different. It felt uh it felt fresh it felt unique and that and i am kind of factoring in the the you know the really good surprisingly good 3d visuals into that as well but i think the film itself stands alone uh from it from the technical aspects of it so i went into this film fairly excited plus with sam raimi directing i know john's been going through all of his filmography recently and for me uh, uh, sam raimi's horror touches and inflections are yeah, I, I enjoy them. I like them. I don't think Sam Raimi is the horror genius. I don't think he's the quintessential horror director, but he's made his he's made his mark. He's made his stamp, and he's got a legacy in the genre. And I'll always appreciate that. And I like an awful lot of his technical foibles as well, of which he brings many to this film. Um, ah, what do I think about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Again, non spoilers, but straight out top, I was disappointed by this film, John. I didn't dislike this film. I'm going to get that off the top as well. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. sit there and hate this film, not one bit, but I just felt frustrated by it because the possibilities of the title and the weak story, you know, really, there was so much there that they could have done. And I feel like, you know, they didn't, you know, Sam Raimi went, uh, he kind of took it in a few ways and tried to introduce quite a lot and cram a lot into this film. And I don't think they all kind of held hands and walked very well together. There was a lot of tonal wind differences, a lot of mess and a lot of bloat in this film, which, you know, has been labelled at Marvel films before. But I felt a little bit bored during this, John, and that and that kind of got to me because everything here felt right. I quite enjoyed the trailers that I saw, you know, the ones I saw. I thought this is quite cool. This could be a different spin on an MCU film, and believe me, it is. If you've got young kids to, to going to watch this film, I would... I would recommend asking for you know the advice of other parents who maybe have seen this because I wouldn't be comfortable taking a you know anyone maybe under the ages of eight certainly to this film because it is an MCU horror film and it is a Sam Raimi film which just happens to be set in the Marvel verse I think um, Benedict Cumberbatch is good as Doctor Strange of course he is uh, and if everybody's fine um, Zosha Gomez I think she's good for what she has to do i think her character is wasted in terms of she's just there to provide exposition for the other characters that are there and i expect she's a more. MacGuffin too, she to is a degree she's a big old MacGuffin. but i think um gomez i think she's good at what she has to do i think she's uh, a welcome addition to the mcu elizabeth olsen um i liked elizabeth olsen in this i don't think i don't by any means stretch the imaginations by into the uh, the twitter uh, like frenzy that this is the best 
actress performance and trust me they're out what? there there's a lot of them not one wow. bit, but yeah, it's a very all. decent performance from elizabeth Bolton. i will say some of the line delivery in the kind of the needle drop pin drop lines some of them didn't quite work for me whereas i some i i appreciated the dialogue in certain scenes i think overall it was not great but certain scenes i think oh i like that was a good line but i don't like the way it's delivered um Visually, film looked very good. I think the film looks good. There's a lot of interesting ideas here. There's a there, what the best way I can describe this, John, for me, is there is a lot of cool sequences, and there is for me. There's a lot of cool sequences, which is which are kind of weaved into a really weak and not particularly interesting story. And if you yeah. if you took all of those other aspects out and just kept those really cool sequences, you might get like a half an hour film, which is really exciting, really quite shocking at times and very different from what you expect. But I don't know, it just doesn't really, there's, there's a few moments which elicited a little bit of laughter in my audience, especially towards the end. There's a certain character or variable variation of a character, which people just couldn't get their heads around. Again, a very Raimi esque um, moment in the film. But um, no, I I was disappointed, John. I wanted to, I, I thought the title multiverse of madness, we were in for a real ride. I don't think, the title is built upon enough. You know, they, I, I didn't ever feel at any point that this was, this was madness. Not at all. With C-3PO would say, this is madness. I didn't yeah. think that at all. The best part is when we got, it's a trailer shot where we saw different multiverses, but that was yeah. only kind of click, 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 boom, done. It's a montage. It's, 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 best. it's a trailer montage as well. At best, yeah. I, I'd argue, but I didn't dislike the film, John, but I am, I am disappointed because I really enjoyed the first Doctor Strange. I thought this had the potential to build upon that, that, and also what they did with No Way Home. However, I'm starting to possibly see some cracks appearing in the overall f- this phase because it's not quite as cohesive. I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure what we're doing, with where we're going here with the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And pss, annoyingly, I'm not really sure there's any point to any of it currently. I, I know we're leading to something big, apparently, but... At the minute, it all feels a bit frivolous and a little bit pointless, especially some of the scenes in here that are meant to make you go, oh, when you really, yeah. really, when you kind of step back very quickly and think, that means nothing. That's completely pointless. It's, it's, it's shock for shock value. And it, you know, who cares? And that's not what I want from a Marvel film. But I was disappointed, didn't dislike, but I was disappointed. John, I'm going to, here's, here's where you're going to tell me this was your film of the year. Um, so there's 28 Marvel movies, and right now I have this one ranked 25. Um, <laughs> now that's not inherently bad, mind you. As I am, if you go back through all of the episodes of BAMP that we've done and look at my Marvel and listen to our Marvel reviews, I am often the one who's overpraising. I mm-hmm. am a big fan of what Feige has done. I've only disliked a couple of movies, and even there. I don't think I've disliked any completely. Like my least favorite is like Iron Man two, yeah. and that's. I didn't think it was bad. I just wasn't as into it because I love Iron Man. So, like, when I watched Iron Man 2, I was like... Good, isn't yeah, like, I was so ready. And, you know, I, I'm a little bit more up on Eternals than other people. And, like, I, I am mostly forgiving of all of the weaknesses Marvel has has done. And this movie... Um, and, and a lot of people might even call me out as being like, well, you don't like Sam Raimi. And I'm like, well, that's clearly not true. That's not I don't true. like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man as much as so many other people. Like, for a lot of people like you... It is the quintessential Spider-Man, and I am not as big a fan. 
But I I love the Evil Dead trilogy. I've, I'm literally watching through Sam Raimi's films right now with the Blank Check podcast, and I have mostly enjoyed everything I've seen. Um, even some of his duds, I still have found some joy in. And uh, yet, this movie, while there's a lot of Sam Raimi signatures, there's so many people writing about this too out there, like about, like, yes, you see Raimi signatures, but it still it seems to be missing something maybe because Marvel is still, like, stopping certain elements of, of going through. Maybe this should have been R rated, like let him go all in on the horror. Like, you know, maybe that's part of the problem is that he's being held back or he's being restricted while you still see his signature types of shots and some of the story arcs and things like that. But, um, I don't know if this is a sign of maybe the problem that Marvel created this extensive, essentially a TV series of movies, but in a lot of ways, this movie is a monster of the week episode on like X-Files or Supernatural. You know, those episodes that don't really move the main narrative. They're just like, you could watch it or not watch it and it will not affect your overall knowledge of the universe. That's this. And normally we want a movie to be standalone and not connected to all of the other movies. Yet this one still is also that. And that I think is the problem. It's both of those things. It is nothing that happens in this movie matters in any way towards anything else I think that's coming or have gone like oh, that's, I agree. that's a huge problem for a movie that is like 28 it's number 28. And there's now series that have led up to this moment. One of which the WandaVision is so important to this movie. And yet it's also not because it one, I think it is that uh, almost opposition to what happens in WandaVision. And then all of the multiverse stuff, basically creates a dream sequence effect. If, um, if you've ever watched the film listener and the ending is, Oh, but it was all a dream. You have probably been frustrated because we want to believe that what we're watching has meaning, has stakes that the things that are occurring on screen matter to the characters. But when you make it multiverse and you send our main character fr- away from the actual world that they live in, suddenly everything that happens is irrelevant. Because we'll never see that universe again. It does not matter. And while other multiverse movies might actually play in on that concept and use that as the leverage, this movie doesn't. It's literally a bunch of cool stuff happens on screen. Um, I think tonally it it struggles. And this is, I think, where my Sam Raimi um, opinions of his comic book movies are going to kind of uh, maybe be in contrast to other people's opinions. But Mm -hmm. I... I don't need my comic movies to be serious and gritty. I love the MCU. I love the tone that the MCU has struck where there's a lot of humor, but there's also those serious moments like Iron Man three. While it's funny a lot, the whole thing is dealing with Tony Stark, dealing with PTSD from, you know, realizing that he is a a human among gods. There's a lot of serious stuff in these movies and yet they aren't like the Zack Snyder verse, nor are they like the Nolan verse where they are very gritty and dark and real. And even let's be real. Matt Reeves is the Batman is mostly dark and gritty, even though I think that's not the direction he wants to keep the Batman um, based on the ending of that film. But nevertheless, I don't need my movies to be grounded in reality or serious for comic books. But I, I also feel like I need the, the filmmaker to think that they matter And I think Sam Raimi thinks comic books are just fun and fluff and they don't have any real value outside of entertainment. And I think that's a problem. And I think that's the tone that this movie gets. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's comic book stuff. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't, there's no real consequences because it's all just fluff and silliness. And 
again, I don't need it to be serious. I just needed to feel like there's purpose, there's function, that there's stakes. And again, I think that's in the narrative, but also in the, I think the filmmaker's perspective, I don't think there's stakes in this. Um, and I think we feel it. I think it's, it's notable uh, throughout this film. And there's a ton of Easter eggs. So maybe too many Easter eggs. And at the end of the day, mm. none of them matter. Yeah. No, none yeah. of them mean anything. And that's and a that's, problem, dude. It's such a problem. And I think that's why for th- this movie, it's why it's not bad. Because there is tons of things that you might find entertaining. But if you step back and look at the bigger picture, especially with all of the stuff that has been introduced with the multiverse between Loki, WandaVision, and What If, and then No Way Home, this movie feels less than. And it's supposed to be the MC movie that is the bridge, I thought, to all of what's coming next. And it does not feel like that at all. So I, I was severely disappointed. And I love Benedict Cumberbatch as Strange. I love mm-hmm. the first yeah. movie. I've been a big fan of his role. Even if I'm not, I'm not super familiar with the comics of Doctor Strange. So I don't know if he's like completely off. I've heard that he's just like a, uh, in the movies that he's a, uh, Robert Downey Jr. clone and people don't like that because that's not how Strange is supposed to be or whatever. No, I didn't really I, get that. I don't know though, to be fair. Like, I don't know if that's accurate. I think it's the snarkiness. I don't think he's supposed to be quite as snarky as he is, mm-hmm. but I love the snark. It, it's exactly my wheelhouse of comedy. And even here, I just felt like it's not, it's not organic. It feels so forced and not in the performance, in the writing. And yeah, I think it's just across the board. Uh, there's so many cool moments and so many Sam Raimi things. And even the stuff that I was excited to see and a lot of it was there. It, it never, it never hit in a way that I thought was meaningful or, or felt organic uh, in a way that was like, Oh good. Now I know what's coming in the next movie. It was more like, does any of this matter? And maybe later after we've seen some of the other movies, we'll look back at this and be like, Oh, it did matter. It just wasn't clear that it mattered yet. But the way this movie ends, I'm just like, all right, I guess. And even the post credits, I think those are two of the worst post credit scenes we have had in an MCU film in a while. Like one's one's very cute for Sam Raimi fans. I won't deny that, but it's irrelevant to everybody who's not a Sam Raimi fan because they won't know what the heck is it's actually referencing. And the the one that is MCU based, I don't think it's it's a character people are going to know what to deal with. And while Thanos was that too, when we got the look at Thanos, everyone was like, who's that? It felt more like, at least we knew a direction it was going where this, I'm like, what is the point of this? So like, what, what's happening right now? I don't know what to expect from this scene. And I think that's just a really prime example of what this movie did wrong. Again, Mm -hmm. not bad. It has some cool sequences, yeah. but as a piece, um, it just feels like uh, I'm going to quote David Sims, a film critic from um, um, the Atlantic. Thank you. Um, He, on his letterbox, he said like the plot is stuck together with rubber bands and duct tape. And that is an accurate description. David Sims, I salute you because that is a much better way of how I was trying to put it in that. It's a load of, you know, there's cool things, but it is very flimsy. Um, I think uh, for the positives, yeah, there are that for me, the horror-esque moments, I liked them because it th- it took me back to the Raimi horrors. You look, think, some of the things, yeah. the Evil Dead, you drag me to hell, whatever. There are, you know, it's absurd, it's bonkers, and when this film does go bonkers and absurd, it leans into it and it feels very Sam Raimi. I like that. There's a couple yeah. of sequences uh, in the middle 
which work very well i think we, again probably not too kid friendly but they work very well in context of you know the, uh, of this film but uh, but like you said everything you've just said though is a hundred percent right and we are on the total same page now that when you step back it doesn't really mean anything and that's not to say that in 10 films time 10 films times 10 film time can't talk 10 films time later uh this this won't all you know play into some larger plot because obviously we remember how, how many films did it take for you know the, the the infinity saga to really get going to really find its feet yeah. properly so i mean look they're, they're heading towards something big this could, took, could take a while to get there but this is a very again excuse the pun but it feels like a very strange step in getting there and you, you kind of touched upon it in your analysis there but i do think that for, I really liked One Division. I thought the series is really great. I think it lost its way at the end, but I think the first probably four or five episodes were great stuff. I think this film does an awful. It does a well. It unravels the entire thing for me. Like the arc in that series, I think is totally destroyed in this film within within an hour, maybe or whatever, forty five minutes. This the entirety of that characterization and the story within it, I think, is just kind of picked apart. And I, I think. The way that One Division was written, there was a real kind of earnestness. There was a real solidity, uh, solidity solid onto what, how they were writing it. They, you know, there was a there was a firm and able hand on the subjects and thematic things in the script. Here, there it was very heavy handed in comparison, and I think it actually took the characterization that they gave us in that series and turned it on its head. And I do think that's also going to really annoy quite a lot of people because. You, you you've only got to see how much that character, how popular she's become. You know, post End Game, certainly with One Division, very very popular character with the cosplays, but also with the fandom. And I think they kind of, I don't, I think they needed a more deft hand, or maybe a different writer, maybe a female writer, to take the reins and write this particular character for this particular story because it felt heavy handed and it it felt a bit lumbersome at times like like the scripted I, I think the story in itself like i said i think it's it's paper thin and other mcu films certainly haven't had that problem before uh you know, alluding to what you said earlier on this is 25th at uh, 28th for you Th- you know there's so many good mcu films that you know even mm-hmm. probably getting into the top 18 is probably quite tough or you start to get a, get a kind of you start to start worrying oh god is that too low well it's only too low because the rest are so good i don't know where i have it in in terms of my mcu rankings yet which i probably should publish at some point and just kind of keep updating for the benefit of something like this but um uh yeah i uh, yeah just not to not beat a flog a dead horse but it's disappointing it's not the worst uh, mcu film i just think i don't know i think i expected more from it but to echo kevin feige you know having seen some of the trailers Gene, whoever, whoever did the trailers for this, they need firing because you know the No Way Home trailers. They hit, they kept so much back, and there was this fever pitch anticipation for that film. We kind of all knew who was going to be in it, but we hadn't had any confirmation. We didn't know that until we got to the cinema, and then suddenly, you know, everyone erupted with Doctor Strange. I kind of felt like we knew pretty much everything or everyone who's going to be in there going into it, and that's horribly disappointing. Um, I don't think it's going to hurt its box office. It seems to have done quite well. I think it had 180 million dollar opening weekend, which is certainly not to be sniffed at, but I don't know. I think I, I, the, the marketing hasn't been great. I don't think, and I don't think that's a reflection of the studio's confidence in the film. But I kind of feel like this is a bit of a not really a misstep, but 
it's, I think, I think, from it's disappointing. I think they could have really had a better, stronger story out of this, and maybe they could have lent into the multiverse and the madness aspect a little bit more for me. Agreed completely. It was, I it was one of my most anticipated films, and I, I mm-hmm, it sounds like it's still doing really well at the box office, and. Um, a lot of my students have seen it, and obviously a lot of them, this is their, like, their wheelhouse of movies. Most of them liked it, and that's like, they're coming at me, and I'm like, look, I didn't say I didn't like it. <laughs> I just said it's not as strong as I was really hoping. And most of them have conceded that. I actually had one who went and saw it a second time. It was even, like, he really fell off a second viewing. He was like, no, I was bored by the end. Like, I was ready to leave when it was that's the second time. Guy, yes. a guy I work with is very much into the MCU. He went to see it. I said to him, look, I thought it was fine. I think it was great, but I think, you know, I hope you really dig it, man. Uh, and he came out and he said, it's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, <laughs> there's not really much going on. And I said, oh, that's a shame. And one of the other guys I work with is going to see it uh, when just after this episode drops. Uh, and that's how hopefully maybe they can go and see it and really dig it. Cause there's a lot of people who are enjoying it. But you know, this is this is this for me is a is a little bump in the road. But I, I'm hoping the next film uh, pick takes picks up where this film left off, and you know, let's let's start getting back on track now, dude. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, of course, it's a Marvel film. Go and see it. We rec- I, I, I mean, I'd recommend people going to see it simply because it's part of that MCU fabric. John, would you would you tell people not to bother, or you know, recommend? No, I mean, if you're if you're an MCU fan, you almost have to. Yeah, to see it like there's an, again, I, I don't think it's right now. I don't think it's going to have any long term impact by comparison to some of the other MCU films. Mm-hmm. I think you're uh, right, but it could, definitely could be wrong. But um, I don't think if you're going in thinking this is going to be like a mind blowing, especially like the visuals in the first Doctor Strange were like uh, unless you'd seen Inception, they were pretty original and mind blowing type stuff. Yeah. Um, and even some of the stuff they pull in Spider-Man No Way Home with him and when they're like fighting in the mirror verse. That's cool. much cooler imagery than anything you get in this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. And so that's even more disappointing. It's like Sam didn't see the Doctor Strange movies and just, or like, I'm not going to reuse what someone else did. And I'm like, but that's Doctor Strange, right? Like, as far that's the Doctor Strange that I know. I, and that's only because I only know him in the MCU. So I would say, see it, but go in with tempered expectations. It's probably going to be a fine experience. It's just not going to be what you might have hoped yep sam raimi fans probably like it as well for the most part it, it does kind of get me worried that marvel are just picking directors at random now and saying you know put your spin on this and let's kind of hope it works and you know they chloe Zhao couldn't make her own film which is the worst which the biggest crime that they've made so far but yeah. um yeah dr strange you know go see it hopefully we hopefully you dig it more so than we did but we will give our spoiler thoughts on it dropping on Monday and maybe there'll be a few more positive things to throw in there but uh, let's move on then JB to our next segment which we simply call Juffed Headlines here we take a movie or pop culture headline that caught our attention and we tell each other about it and all of you as well so John oh <laughs> what have you gone for this week so I actually before the headline I actually was like I could have wrote this article myself because I follow a lot of people on Instagram and Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis threw me off this weekend because I saw her posting and talking trash about Dr. Strange. Now this is not new for celebrities to talk trash about the Marvel movies. And I really, uh, you and I have almost always cited on the Marvel backing, like stop talking trash. They're not, 
like you can have both. And Ethan Hawke has, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast. If not, I'm going to mention now there's an interview with Ethan Hawke is a, a, a while back before he was on moon Knight. Yeah, He had, yeah. I guess said something about Marvel movies. He said he would they do came, one. And yeah. And they came at him and he's like, hold on. All I'm saying is that I wish there was room for both. I wish that like theaters would also have the indie films. And I wish that the studios would support and back the indie films. Like they do the big Marvel films because he says art's not about competition. Basically art is that all of them can exist. All of them can be. And I love that mindset. Even if again, he was re- you know backpedaling and now he has done a Marvel show. So he's probably backpedaling even more. And I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis is one of those actors who's like bitter that she's not in it. I think she's genuinely really, really proud of everything everywhere all at once, which happens to be a multiverse movie. But some of her claims I thought were a little outrageous. Like she showed the, the poster side by side and claim that they copied, which one I don't think the Dr. Strange poster looks nearly enough like it, but more I'm like, Jamie, have you not looked at movie posters in the last 10 years? Because there's a template that they're using. Yeah. Graphic designers are using like three templates that they're rotating between movies that are pretty much always the same thing. It was the force awakens Aladdin. And I think it was X-Men dark Phoenix, which are literally the same damn poster. It's literally the same poster. Even the color grading on the posters are the same. (laughs) Um, So yeah, like if, if there is a similarity between everything everywhere's poster and Dr. Strange's poster, it's probably more because of the same art company was there. And then it was them copying that. No offense. I love everything everywhere all at once. And you will hear extensively about it next week, folks, spoiler for what's coming up. But it, it was pretty crazy for her to like, uh, like David and Goliath this, like that's essentially our little movie. And yet there's an, another article I saw right when we started to record that Tarantino earlier had claimed that Disney pushed the hateful eight out of theaters back in the day. And we're seeing that now because everything everywhere all at once had a four or five week increase, something that does not happen with box office. Box office drops off after opening weekend almost always. And everything everywhere has actually gone up because of word of mouth. It has been fighting and chugging along the little engine that could every step of the way with people like myself and much, much more famous and prominent critics than myself raving about the movie, telling everyone who will listen to them to go see it. And people were listening and going to see it. And now my local theater dropped it after just two weeks because they wanted to put eight screens of Dr. Strange. Like Dr. Strange is playing every 30 minutes at my local theater, which is mathematically impossible unless it's in all the screens because it's two and a half hours long, basically or two hours and 12 minutes. But in order to have it play at every 30 minutes, they have to have all the screens. So they got rid of almost everything. Our theater has 12 screens. We have five movies at our theater. And that means every other movie is Dr. Strange, except for the, uh, the four. And those four have been out for a couple of weeks and they're all big blockbusters, like except mm-hmm. for memory, which isn't a big blockbuster, but it's a big studio Liam Neeson movie. So yeah. everything everywhere got dumped. So I understand her frustration, especially because they were, kicking butt and probably deserved another week because some people after seeing uh dr strange people like us will go you want to see a really great multiverse movie go watch everything everywhere but now you can't in as many theaters because disney has kind of pushed them out so jamie lee took to the the socials and and blasted dr strange every chance she got um i do recommend checking out her instagram uh, I haven't seen if she's she has TikTok too, but I haven't seen if she's posted anything on TikTok. But she has. What's she been saying? I haven't seen any of this. What 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 has she been saying then about you know Doctor Strange? Because obviously there's a clear parallel, a clear off between the two yes. of them. 
Um, hang on. So I, I the one thing was the poster. Um, I'm on Instagram and I literally typed Instagram to search because I my brain's stupid. Um, uh, hang on, I'm trying to pull up her her profile here. Here she you is. Come out of that multiverse. Um, so this started. I think it was on Friday or Saturday. She's been posting a lot. She posts a lot on Instagram. I don't know if it's actually her or if she has like a uh, assistant who does it. Um, because a lot of celebrities just have someone who like posts all the time, but she, she is active. Um, all right. So here's the post. Uh, she has the two posters side by side and says, is it just me? Does it seem strange? All capital letters that our tiny movie that could and did and continues to do number one movie in America and is truly marvelous. All capital letters are Marvel's (laughs) out. Marvel's any Marvel movie they put out there. So she's talking hard trash. Everything Everywhere All at Once has a Marvel movie coming out with a copycat poster. Is this one of those internet feuds? All I'll say is we could slay in a family feud contest. So, like, she's <laughs> she's throwing the gauntlet down. Um, and then uh, she has, a, a, like, a news article. Is uh, Everything Everywhere It was Marvelous. Again, all capital letters. Um, she, do- she talks trash about Fantastic Beasts. Uh, like, she's just pointing out that this small indie film is worth everyone's time and and is calling them out on it and yeah uh the article i found uh which is linked in the show notes i didn't even i didn't read because i just knew about it it's from the guardian but it's just basically going over her socials and her um social feud with with marvel and doc strange so you know i it's a tactic i again i feel like uh olsen's been kind of actively talking back about people who like Scorsese and, and for Coppola talking trash about the Marvel movies yep. that like it undermines all of the people who work on them. And I agree with that too. Like I, at first I thought the, the headline, I, it was such a clickbait headline. The way it was worded made it sound like Elizabeth Olsen talked trash about the Marvel movies. I'm like, really? That's her the whole paycheck. Um, and then I found out, no, no, no. She was defending other people talking trash about the Marvel movies. And that's kind of where I'm like, I'm torn. Cause I love everything everywhere. And I do wish more people were able to see that. And I wish it was still in theaters or, or in all theaters. It's in some theaters, obviously bigger theaters still have it. And it's just opening in the UK. Um, but I do wish, I wish it was getting more publicity. Cause I think it deserves, it. I think it is a masterpiece. I think it is one of the best movies ever made in my opinion, which we'll again, talk about more next week. Um, but I also don't think you need to start a fight because they both exist. You can like both things where I think the counter to that claim is that if Disney is forcing out smaller movies to have more screens for their movie, I think that's a problem. And that's something we can address. I don't think that's, we shouldn't downplay the Marvel movie. We shouldn't necessarily even compare them because they both exist. Some people are going to click with Dr. Strange more, maybe because of the horror sensibilities that, that mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. Raimi brings to it. Where everything, everyone, for me, the the zany and the martial arts elements of it really work for me. So, you know, a lot of that stuff, I'm just all in on. But that's what that's what my my headline was. Man, I think I think it's 47 years ago. War sang a song. Why can't we be friends? And I don't mean John and I. I mean just you know cinema in general. I I totally agree with what Ethan Hawke said. With what uh, Jamie Lee Curtis said, but also with what Elizabeth Olsen has said in this instance, because, you know, uh, certainly with Ethan Hawke, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with Marvel or these big films, you know, taking the profits in the box office. But if it's, if it is clearly at the expense of the independent films or the smaller films, shall we say, which for me, most of the time are better 
That's just my humble opinion and certainly isn't the consensus. I think that's a problem. And there's always been stories of, you know, Disney potentially not playing their films in particular theatres if they don't get, you know, 90% of the screens and stuff like that. They threaten to pull them out, which is an awful tactic. That's a terrible tactic to do because without those big Marvels, Star Wars, whatever films, those theatres are suddenly going to have a huge decline in in, in, in takings from uh, ticket sales and concessions as well. So it's a it's a horrible tactic, and you know they'll say it's business. Yeah. And then on the other side, there will be people who say it's a you know you, both both sides have got to survive theatres and studios. It's a horribly um, intertwined web of many many things of which I'm so glad I'm not necessarily involved in, but. I, I I agree with you on this. I, I like that. I like the passion that Jamie Lee Curtis shows for a film that she starred in, uh, that she's clearly very very proud of. Does she need to then bring another film down at its expense? No, it's not. D- Doctor Strange isn't a problem. You know, that that the film isn't the problem. It's yeah. You know, it's the, everything around that film. It's the studio. It's the people. It's the finance. The financiers. The people pushing it. The those who who broker the deals with the theatres, it's not the film. So, you know, I, I wouldn't ever want to see an, an, an actor say, don't see that film, just don't. See ours, S- support ours instead, because there is room for both to thrive and survive. Of course, it come, when it comes down to people not always being able to afford to see two films, because that's a very, very real issue across the world, you know, it's not cheap yeah. to go yeah, and watch yeah. films, then... You have to make your decision. Do you want to go and see the bonkers zany multiverse film, which has an actual story, or do you want to see the big flashy blockbuster, which you know you can sit down with for two hours or so, grab some popcorn, and you don't have to worry. Just just watch it. Let it wash over you and have fun with it. You know, most people will probably pick the latter because it's an easier watch. You probably you kind of know you're going to get your bang for your buck more so than the kind of unknown quantity of this a24 multiverse uh, oddity but um yeah i, I, I don't is hitting at marvel seems to be a you know there's still the in thing which i think is wrong and i i, I like the marvel films i appreciate them i it's clear to see that they have got that domination of the box office now or it have done maybe maybe it will decline if the stories aren't there i wouldn't ever champion that though just like i wouldn't champion anything else declining but uh, I wish there was more space for other films to thrive because when they do, like everything everywhere does, you know that in a, a week or two or a month's time, the next huge juggernaut is going to come out and just wipe it, wipe its competition away. So these small films don't have long to kind of make their money. And when one does, yes, we should support that, but not at the expense of any other film, doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't even matter if you like the damn film or not. That's not the point. So, you know, I've, you know, pat on the back for Jamie Lee for for being proud and shouting about her film and saying, look, this is a great film. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm not here for the kind of mudslinging from either side. There's nothing wrong with the Marvel films. And as Elizabeth Olsen said, the people who work on them are crazy talented. They come from all ver- all backgrounds in the film industry, Oscar winners, plenty of Oscar winners involved. They know their stuff. They go to work on Marvel films for both the passion project, for the fun of it, for a childhood uh, kind of dream, for a pay packet. Who knows? But it's not like they're easy. It's it's an easy job to do, just like it's no easier than going to work on an A24 film. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of wish it would sort of die down a little bit now, this discourse, 
And as much as I love Jamie Lee, you know, these kind of stories don't really help. Yep, exactly. So, um, well, I've got my headline is uh, something that was revealed at the uh, CinemaCon presentation recently. Dude, I'd love to go to CinemaCon. You know, I'd actually, I'd love to be approved. You know, let's go to the BAMP at CinemaCon because so, so, so much stuff dropped at CinemaCon. The footage, you know, not just trailers, but, you know, pure footage of films, 10, 15, 20 minutes, even 30 minutes of certain films, posters, titles, news. We're getting another Ghostbusters film, John. Um, yep, yep. But my headline is for, is by Chris Agar of Screen Rant, and it's about Avatar 2, how the trailer reveals Pandora's Oceans, Sully Family, and so much more. Uh, it says the first Avatar trailer is officially, officially released online, giving audiences a look at James Cameron's highly anticipated tentpole. So here we are talking about big films monopolizing the box office. We've got another one coming in December, which is... Um, possibly going to be following the biggest film of all time. I know they're re-releasing Avatar in to you know to coincide with this film's release, so it's you know, the interest will be there. The title was released, which uh, I'm not totally. <laughs> it does make me giggle. I'm not totally sold on Avatar: The Way of Water. I you know I'm, the, the title's not doing anything for me, but the trailer was released online. Uh, originally debuted at CinemaCon and. Uh, we in get front to of see Doctor Strange, and with yeah, I sit in front of Doctor Strange. I saw it in front of Doctor Strange, in fact, as well. But um, the, the article goes on to say that the film looks to be an astounding technical feat, with state-of-the-art visual effects being the kind of main draw of the entirety of the trailer and the underwater shots itself. The first film did so well, I think, because it was the kind of the the, the visuals and the gimmick of three D, and that kind of propelled it. Uh, it propelled it to make more money than maybe it should have done, and also it was in that dead spot where you know, there, there was Marvel hadn't taken off, DC was in a slumber, Star Wars had finished. You know, it had the chance to be the big fish, and well, it was released at the right time. Um, but the trailer came out, and it spends more time, as the article says, and you know, it's, it, I agree because it's true. It spends more time on the whole family. Vin, Vin Diesel will be proud on the whole family aspect of 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 the film it's not really action-packed you don't really see any huge set pieces in terms of action but there is a lot of spectacle going on they really are pushing the underwater shots um but i did find myself watching it jb and uh i wasn't blown away by the idea of it. nothing in this trailer made me think damn i cannot wait to go back to pound i can't i can't wait to see this film because i i'm just worried that Everyone's focusing on the technical aspects of it, which are impressive. When, you know, maybe I want a little bit more than just great technical um, feats and mm-hmm. great visual effects. The trailer looked very nice, but it, I, I thought Avatar as a film was fine. You know, as everybody seems to say, it's a story we've seen many times before and one that's done pretty good. Well, it's a good film, but I've not, I have not, I haven't been sitting there dying to see Avatar 2. I know some people have. But yeah. the trailers come out. The point of that is the trailers come out. You know, you kind of think, is this going to draw people in and make people think, no, I was wrong. This is something that I've been waiting for. For me, didn't really draw me in, in terms of what I was seeing. And I know this is the initial trailer. Yes, visually, great. Everything else, John, 
didn't you know hasn't made me excited hasn't moved my barometer of excitement um have, have you seen a trailer has it made you excited for this and can so, you see past the technical aspects I, I gotta say just going into this i am not a big fan i, I would even say i don't like avatar um mm-hmm. partly because i do want more than just visuals um and also i don't i think the movie itself looks great i don't think the the creature design is that interesting i i don't think the navi particularly look awesome or anything like that um, in fact, some of them, some of them look kind of dumb and I know that's not a popular opinion. That's fine. Um, I, I do like James Cameron more now than when Avatar came out. I have, uh, I, I had a joking feud about him for a long time with my, my film students where I would act like I thought he was the worst director ever. I don't think that I do think that he is marketing his whole career at this point on this look at how pretty my movies are. And we've seen other filmmakers who have fallen into the technology. Uh, Robert Zemeckis, a lot of his movies, like he's using new technology, but it doesn't make for good movies. Ang Lee, uh, look at Gemini man. Like the dude's a master filmmaker, but he's now more interested in the tech than he is in the, 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 the final product. And I think Cameron might be there too, because this movie feels like he has no interest in the story to me uh, based on the trailer. Like, and I know it's a teaser, it is showing off the visuals, but if that's all you got to show off, if you're not trying to pull me in, like, hey, do you remember these characters? Because nobody does. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not in, man. Like, not I don't so care. Long as well. Um, I have no interest in the sequels. I, I hate that there's four of them. Uh, like, because again, it's like potentially, um, like make one good movie of this where I care, yes. and maybe I'll care about the sequels. But so far, like, you just haven't. I, and again. You can, I've heard the arguments like, oh, Avatar is just Pocahontas re- reskinned and it's, you know, another story and another story. That's going to be true of so many movies. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. If you create your own version that is also compelling, is memorable, and I'm going to care about, then I'm good. But when you are too lazy to come up with a name for the material MacGuffin, then unobtainium. I will always <laughs> criticize it. Like, I'm just gonna. It doesn't feel like you even cared about the story. Like, uh, unobtainium seems like a placeholder word that you forgot to, you know, find and replace in your your screenplay. It's like, like Harry Potter curse. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's so frustrating to me. And this movie, I did. I just watched the trailer before the episode, and I because I had I had a chance to see this before anybody with critics, um, right yes. in front of our Doctor Strange screening. And I was like, I'm just going to stay here and eat my burger. And I, all the other critics went, watched it. Uh, Big Tuna came back, was like, I was underwhelmed. And Big Tuna, Avatar was one of his favorite films of all time for a minute. It's dropped down a bit now, that. but like, it was a favorite of his. And he was underwhelmed by the trailer. A couple of the other guys were like, oh, it looks so good. I'm so hyped. And I'm like, what's the story? There, you, He's fighting things. I don't know why. It's a, There's Navi. There's humans. Who the heck cares? Um, you know, I don't know, whatever. That's all I want to say about it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. It is, and that, that's it. it. It's underwhelming. It, it, there was nothing here to sell. And I think because it had been so long since the first film, which again, let's reiterate, is the biggest film of all time in terms of box office, the biggest film ever. You kind of think after what, 12 years or 13 years, that you want to come back with a little bit more of a bang, a little bit more of a pull. I don't mean action. I don't mean that kind of stuff, but it didn't, it kind of felt more like it was 
like a brochure, like a pamphlet. Remember, remember the world of Avatar? Here's kind of like a here's a here's a little victory lap for us to show you what it looks like now. It just didn't it didn't really it felt more like a promotional video than an actual trailer, which you could argue was the same thing. But I meant an actual. It felt like a promo video rather than something which should be selling me on this juggernaut of a film. Last thing, JB, it's, it's a teaser trailer. We can't put much stock in it. Is there any way Avatar The Way of Water surpasses Avatar's box office? Got to ask, the biggest film ever. Oh, man, I don't, I don't know. It, it, I think it's going to have to be something huge, um, like more than just visuals to do that again. I, I don't know, though. I If you had told me... Um, the first one would do what it did. I would have never believed you because it, it just seems so like meh, and especially it was competing with avatar. The last airbender, like people mm-hmm. already liked that. And like, we're mad that the last airbender is the name of the movie because they, they couldn't use avatar because Cameron bought the copyright for it. Like in the early nineties, like, so the fact that it did that well is even more surprising unless people were wandering in thinking it was going to be Aang and they're like, Oh, it's not. Oh, well, whatever. Um, there's water. And that's the other thing too, because of that avatar connection, this is the way of water. The last one kind of dealt with earth. Is the third one going to be like air and f- the fourth we one fire? Are we accidentally traveling into the avatar world? Um, so oh, yeah, man. who knows? I don't know, man, but yeah, it, you know, the, the, the cultural footprint hasn't really been left by avatar as well because i think the, the most of the other films in the top 10 have a pretty big cultural footprint or pop culture footprint more so than avatar and that's not the build and end all but you'd think the biggest film of all time maybe it would have left a bigger impression than it did but yeah that's not for me to sit here and say that it hasn't for, for some people like big tuna is his best one of his best films for the longest time so uh, if you're out there loving avatar keep loving avatar and don't stop on certainly a my accord or or the bamps accord we certainly hope avatar 2 brings it we're yet to be convinced but um well let's bring it to our next segment then jb media consumption the movies tv series video games music podcasts which aren't ours comic books whatever that we've used to pass the time since the last episode what you been checking out man well uh blank check did the sam raimi episode for the love of the game mm-hmm. uh for love of the game I, I always want to put an extra the in there i want it to be for the love of the game but it's not um so oh yeah the baseball parts of that movie i really loved I also watched that this week because the episode was coming out. I, uh, the romance, um, which is uh, Kelly Preston um, and it's Kevin Costner in the lead. The romance just was, it felt like such a drag, um, but I really like the baseball stuff. And I also love the premise because it is, he's pitching a game and he's kind of flashing back on his life, but it's mostly he's flashing back onto this romance that it's only like four years old. It's not even like a long time romance. I guess four years is long for some people, but um as the game's progressing, he's like realizing he's having a pretty good game. I won't go into any more details in case it's a spoiler, but uh, the good episode, great uh, mediocre movie. But I actually, again, I really enjoyed the baseball stuff. I had it on in the background too. And I, I did find it to be a really great background movie because all the baseball stuff, I would get really interested in and I would focus on that. But when it would cut to the romance stuff, I would get back to my work. So it was like perfect background movie, um, like baseball as a sport. Like you kind of just wanted it on in the background. Um, I watched Sam Raimi's, uh, wildly cast movie the gift from like i think it's uh 2000 or 2001 it's got like keanu reeves is playing a redneck who's a a wife beater like so out of character like and it's like the year after the matrix so it's even more wild like that's the role he's playing um uh cape blanchett almost unrecognizable 
um, uh, Hillary Swank, like very young is the yeah. uh, Keanu Reeves, wife. Like it's wild casting Casey Holmes is in it. I think. Yes. In another kind of wild mm-hmm. casting. Cause she's playing like a, a kind of obnoxious, like tease, like very out of character from her. Uh, not a bad movie, not a great movie. Um, Drag Me to Hell, I rewatched, uh, even though that's further down in his filmography. But I, I definitely had seen it, but I don't think I sat through the entire thing. I think I like came in like the middle of it or something. And it was definitely, there's parts of it that I, at the time I watched it, felt so cheesy and campy to me that I, I kind of checked out on it. Mm-hmm. I had a much more, again, I've really gotten into horror and am a, lo- a little more accepting of the zaniness of horror. Yeah. And so I enjoyed it a lot more this time than what I remembered of it before. Um, very good movie. Uh, I watched Burning from 2018. That's um, I forget the director's name, but uh, it, it's um, it was nominated for best international film or best foreign language. I don't remember which one was the old title um, back then. Corey and I are doing it as our last episode of the Subs Not Dub series on uh, Burke Reviews Movie Club. Movie's incredible, dude. I don't know if you've seen Burning. No, I Holy think it's Shang Dong. Uh, yes. Direct. I haven't seen it. I recognize the title. I think it's Burning, but Ugh, I dude. haven't seen it. It's so worth your time. Uh, I was. It's not only super compelling to watch, but it's one of those movies where at the end you're like, okay, he answered a lot of my questions, but I still have some questions, and now I'm going to think about this movie forever because I cannot <laughs> stop wondering what this means. Um, it's very cool. It's not like it's not even like it's plot questions that you're like, you have an answer, but you're also like, but I'm not sure. I feel like I know what probably happened, but I also feel like maybe not. And that's like the most stressful feeling is you're like, I think I know, but not enough to be sure about it. So now I'm just upset. Um, but in the best way imaginable, uh, I caught on Disney plus better Nate than ever. Um, it is a theater kid movie, a musical. Ooh. Uh, Big Tuna recommended it to me, and I was feeling kind of like off this weekend. I was feeling not not sad, but just like overly anxious, and I needed something really happy. Oh, and it was the perfect movie, dude. It, to me, Lisa Kudrow's in it, and I, I adore her. Um, and the two child actors that are in this are it's like basically their first big movie. They're amazing. I was so blown away by their their performance and that can make or break a movie right if a kid actor is who's at at the the front if they can't feel organic a lot of times i i especially with disney stuff a lot of the even like the big actors like miley cyrus if you watch hannah montana every line in that feels so red it feels like they're reading it right off the page of the script none of it feels organic and i'm not dissing i think i think miley cyrus is actually a talented actress i just think Mm -hmm. that's the a lot of times what you get with child actors they're learning the craft these kids feel so natural. I was really impressed. Really fun. Um, some good songs. Uh, a lot of like love of Broadway. I, I think it's 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 so sugary sweet that that might be a reason people don't like it. But for me, it's exactly what I needed, and I loved it. Um, and then I caught Moonshot, also a tuna recommendation on HBO Max. It is a rom com. Uh, so you know, it's a sci fi rom com, which I, there's not too many of those. Um, but it stars uh, Cole Sprouse, um, who I, I continually am impressed by. I think he's getting yeah. better and better. Yes. And he's it, he's found his wheelhouse, I think. is like, if you put me in the right role where I get to be a little a little goofy, a little dopey, but still sweet and charming, I'm going to knock it out of the park. And this is like the pinnacle of that for me. He's like top of his game, swinging. Every, every joke lands. Every little charming smile or goofy look works. 
Um, and he's paired up with Lana Condor, who is in the. Uh, oh, I love Lana Condor. To all the boys, uh, I, I love. Bef- uh, I love before. Um, she's in. She's unfortunately Jubilee in the X Men Apocalypse, and I would have loved for her to be Jubilee in a movie that doesn't suck. You know, like that would have been <laughs> great. I love the character Jubilee because I grew up on the X Men animated series, and she is like yeah. your entry point in that series. So I would have loved for Jubilee to get to like be awesome and they didn't do that for her, but she's a great actress. And I would have loved to see her get a good shot at that. She's great here. The pairing is perfect. There's a lot of familiar faces, uh, especially if you've been watching Netflix stuff, like there's a lot of like Netflix people just kind of popping in and out of these movies. Um, it's, it's very charming. It's very fun. Uh, the sci-fi premise is there. Some of the visual effects look low budget, like, and it's like little things like, uh, her hair, you can see the chroma keying around her hair, which you don't usually see in a big budget movie. No, um, That's something you see in like a high school production. I know because I teach high school film and that's our chroma keys. Never great. Um, and I was like, really? I'm like, Oh, you can see like her hair getting like, like depending on if she moved or not, parts of her hair would get like removed temporarily as it I was, uh, you know, being chroma keyed huh. into the background. And I, it's only like twice, but it, it really stood out to me as like, ah, bad. Um, so, but again, that doesn't affect the movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, that's what I've been watching, though. That's all all the stuff. Uh, usual uh, fabulous selection. Burning excites me. It's we've mentioned it, uh, you know, so many times on the Bamp in the last four or five years that you know, if if, you, if you're not you know keyed in or checking out film outside of the English speaking language, missing out on some of the best films you may ever see. It's, so you know, some of the there's so many good films internationally. Uh, and all it all involves sometimes is just checking a few subtitles and you open your world to some of the best films and best stories or best directors or talents that are out there that, you know, again, you know, let's, let's check them out. The more people that watch them, you know, the more work, the more work comes our way from these acclaimed directors. Um, I have been listening to the nightmare film street, a nightmare on Elm street series. Damn, that's a mouthful. Um, and they were talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors uh, of the Dockens song as well, which gets stuck in my head every time I say Dream Warriors. Um, I like Dream Warriors. I think it's the best of the franchise for me. Um, f- as much as I enjoy the first film, of course, I think Dream Warriors perfectly encapsulates the first film and then what comes after. But it's Freddy on the turn. He's becoming the... It's becoming the Freddy we know, or beca- became to know, but he's still got that sinister side to him. It's got some great characters, some great si- silly daft moments. Again, brilliant um, genre-pushing sequences in there. So um, always enjoy listening to anyone talking about Dream Warriors. Um, I watched... Well, I had a bit of a Sam Raimi week this week. As well. we, we, I also watched Drag Me to Hell be, pr- because of... Um, the multiverse of madness be pre pre sorry just punched my laptop pre multiverse um i watched sam don't drag me to hell because i like that film i liked it when i first saw it it's it, like you said it's begonzo it's bonkers at times it's very bizarre but it because in that film it works so well because that's what that film is it's just a bizarre small little horror film which ends up being pretty damn solid i think uh, and I, again on rewatch it holds up uh, Spider-Man three. I watched that not necessarily out of desire, but I stayed, uh, staying overnight, uh, in a hotel on Saturday and I kind of got, uh, got, got back and I was like, right, what do I do now? You know, me walking in the, in the room by yourself. Like, what do I, what do I watch? What, what do I do? I'm, I'm, I'm out of my depth here. Put the TV on, see what's on. 
you know, there's a few films, but none of them I particularly wanted to see. And then Spider-Man three jumped out. And I'm thinking, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's dive. It's only been on, it's only been on for about 20 minutes. I'd have missed the first 20 minutes. And I sat down and I, I watched it and I enjoyed it as much as ever. Uh, everybody knows what everybody thinks about Spider-Man three and I'm no different, but watching it without that kind of critical eye and it's fine. It's, it's the worst of the trilogy. It's not a great superhero film, but it's fine. I had a lot of fun with it still, uh, and it and it a uh, it gave me something to watch for an extra hour and a half. Um, I've been checking out Cursed Films two on Shudder. I don't know if any, if you saw the Cursed Films documentaries on Shudder the first time round. It it kind of dove in it, their documentaries about the kind of urban legends behind huge horror films so of course like for example the exorcist you know everybody's heard that you know all these people were dying on set and the, the sets burnt down and so they and so they you know kind of explore that or with the omen and the kind of very strange coincidence around the omen they kind of go into the production issues and the myth and myths and the legends behind these notoriously cursed productions and in cursed films too um i've been lucky enough to get screeners for all of them from shudder they, they, they've explored The Wizard of Oz, Rosemary's Baby, Stalker, Serpent in the Rainbow, and the infamous Cannibal Holocaust as well. Really interesting. I mean, half of them I didn't even realise. Like, like The Wizard of Oz, I think. I know it had, I know there's something about it, but what was it? And, you know, for, I won't, for those who don't know, I won't go into it in case you want to watch it, but I really, really like the Cursed Films series. So if you can check those out when they, when they come out of Shudder, do so. Uh, and it's a documentary, so. I think I should pat myself on the back for watching a documentary. I was say, yeah, yeah. John, John was waiting there. He had, he, had, he had the barrel loaded for that one. And I also saw a small independent film, literally called everything everywhere all at once. John, I said to you, I was going to see it. I saw it tonight. I, I saw it tonight, immediately came home and jumped on to talk some BAMP to talk some Dr. Strange. But I have now seen the film that JB has said is one of the best he's ever seen. And we're going to talk about it next week. What I will say is it's better than Doctor Strange and Ma- Multiverse of Madness. So, so sorry to take sides, but I, I'm with you on this one, Jamie. However, don't put down other films in the process. But yeah, I saw everything everywhere all at once, literally hours ago. And uh, I'm looking forward to diving into that one with you, JB, especially because you've just sent me something which bent my head. And I was like, yeah, I, this is this is it. So uh, I can't wait to talk about that one with you further, Johnny Boy. But um, that's all I've been watching and checking out this week. That's all John's been checking out this week. And there's a pretty good selection, if you ask me. But we're not just about pretty good on this show. No, no, we're about bloody awesome on this show. And we have to bring those levels of bloody awesomeness each week. So, you know, to pass the time, we watch things, but we have to maintain our level. So, John, how have you been staying bloody awesome this week well sir um i have been with my wife who i call my wife for many years uh 17 to be exact and for reasons i will not get into we've not been formally married until well just about a week ago um we had a very very small intimate se- uh, ceremony with my uh some longtime friends um and we exchanged vows and we signed our marriage license so we are officially almost married and we still are waiting to, for it to be filed and processed because you know government but um it's a big deal uh we've been together for 17 years our daughter is now graduating high school um and so we are officially married and i'm very very proud to call her my wife oh man i, sh- I feel like i should be clapping cheering 
uh, and all that good stuff. But no, no, I've, I, I, you remember when you mentioned this, I was so very pleased to hear, you know, the good news, you know, as you were kind of, you know, mentioning it first and to get to this point is, is, is huge news. And, um, I, I feel like you, you downplayed it there somewhat. This is, this is, this is wonderful news. Uh, really, really good news. And as I said to you, when I was sitting in the food court here in the United Kingdom eating some noodles, um, I did, I said the, the Kingsman will be there in spirit. The Kingsman was there in spirit, um, to, to, uh, wish you well on your happy day. But no, congratulations to you, to the fact, to, to, to your wife. I can say it. We can say it to your wife. Yeah. Uh, and to the family, man. Cause that is, I mean, how, there's no other way to stay bloody awesome than, know then officially tying the knot with the person you love and the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with that's that is the epitome of bloody awesome thank you sir well how have you uh, been saying bloody awesome of course um I, I haven't got married unfortunately but um uh, i'm trying to cut the ties with the donuts but i can't quite sign those papers just yet um i have been staying bloody awesome it's party time in the uk uh, i mentioned a week or so before i've been party planning for my little one's birthday uh, party and she had a party this weekend and uh, her actual birthday is coming up but she had a birthday party of all of her like school friends and their, their siblings big uh, big old disco of an entertainer and two hours of just noise and games and uh singing and dad dancing and it was fantastic it went off without it went off without a hitch which i couldn't be any happier about um and thankfully the person we hired was great you know got you know two hours of like, full-on activities it, there was no real respite the parents were invited up or they were they were they were they were coerced up so it was you know everybody felt part of the experience which i quite liked because sometimes i've been to parties sometimes where i sort of sit there in the corner and think this could be the longest two hours of my life but that interaction really helped i think and yes john the sp- <laughs> I will admit the Spider-Man three dance happened. It happened, but oh, I am so sad to say there is no footage of it because the, the when it happened, the entertainer said, "You know, Olivia, get, get you know, mummy and daddy, you've got to come up now and dance." We had to sort of dance in the middle of people with Olivia, and I thought, well, <laughs> there's no time like the presents. So like I whipped out the Spider-Man does. Didn't didn't go hard on the the, the thrusts. I will say that right now. But, you know, certainly the clapping and the the uh, rolling of the hands went but there was nobody there to film the moment or if there is i haven't seen the pit videos if i ever get it i'll send them on jb but um a party time it was a very busy weekend at a geek geek event the day before hence why i was staying over straight into party mode the next day so getting home and getting into bed was a joy but uh, as you all know jb there's nothing sweeter than other than marriage than kind of just sitting back and seeing seeing a kid just having yeah. the time of their life and the big beaming smile and thinking yep this is what it's I, all about man i hope time goes slower for you than it has for me because it is <laughs> insane to me my daughter is graduating i am it's so proud of her by already man but yeah it, it just goes so fast and I, I i hope it doesn't for you i'm not trying to jinx you at all i really hope you get to enjoy <laughs> and embrace every year because it, it suddenly they're grown up and you're just like stop stop being grown up for five minutes please like i need it to you know not be that way that's to worry my friend but yeah six years have flown by <laughs> so i'm kind of worried about where the next six how fast they're gonna go however like you say you cherish the moments you've got and yeah even eight, 18 years old no one's ever really gone nothing's changed 
it's all you know that things will always be the same there may not be quite as many movie dates but john make them happen make them happen um but that's how we've been staying bloody awesome very family orientated and one more time let's all extend big congratulations to the books for the marriage that happened this week i'm surprised that the tabloids didn't pick it up and it wasn't a bigger deal considering the podcast and all that but you know fine everybody busy with i don't know johnny depp or something but they've made a mistake with that one um so on there's some good news to end the show with um nice family news from the bamp headquarters here um we've already mentioned next week we're going to be focusing on everything everywhere all at once the film not general life the film we're going to be dropping our non-spoiler and spoiler reviews of the film that jb says is one of his favorite of all times we're going to finally get into the meat of this film and i'm so very excited to do so um if you wanted to let us know what you thought about dr strange 2 though are we mad are we, did we, oh did we see a different film to you did you like it hate it didn't really care about it let us know you can do that on twitter by finding us at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. John, where are we on Instagram? We're at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. Uh, If you insist on Facebook, we are on there, uh, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. If you want to find me individually, you can do at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and what I watch tonight across all the socials and Letterboxd too. John, where are you? I am at BerkReviews.com and... um at Burke Reviews on all the social media platforms. Go check him out. And if you do enjoy what we're doing here on the show, please do consider leaving us a five-star rating or review on your podcast platform of choice. You get to support the show for free by doing that. Uh, any kind of in, any great review bumps us up the algorithm, gets more listeners in. And as a bunch of film fans, it's nice to have that community around us to be able to talk film uh, week in, week out. But with that, as always... Stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies. Blood, 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 blood.